Welcome everybody to On Podcast, the only podcast for On Microsoft, where we talk about Microsoft things on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> got it. I am your co-host today, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Bacchus. Yeah, and we're here for another Windows extravaganza podcast. I know we say that every week, <laughs> but it just so happens to be correct this week. Yeah, so uh, there's been a lot of Windows 10 news, as Kareem hinted at. Uh, we got, we're going to talk about 10X, we're going to talk about Sun Valley, then we'll talk about a big uh, Microsoft breakup about Bill Gates. And then since you all really enjoyed the fast recap uh, thing that we started last week, uh, that is back again this week, and we'll speed through some of the um, topics, big topics that happened in the Microsoft world this week. But in just, I think, what was it last time, eight minutes? We gave ourselves an eight-minute timer, yeah, so we'll, so we'll try and do that again this week. So for that, this week, we're talking about new fonts, uh, Sony and Discord, Edge Beta on iOS, uh, new Game Pass games, FPS Boost, and something about Game Pass possibly coming to other platforms. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to talk about. Uh, and then um, we have your favorite section, which is our week ahead. Yeah, the week ahead. And as always, like that has been the theme for like since we started this podcast, we usually talk about hardware reviews in the week ahead. And I have a yet another curved gaming monitor coming in for review <laughs> from Dell. Um, it's called the S3422DWG Dell Curve 34 gaming monitor. So look out for uh, my impressions of that next week. And a monitor is nothing. You have the Surface Laptop 4, right? Yeah, and I would show it on camera right now, except I'm using it to film this podcast. I mean, it's part <laughs> of the review is to put it through spaces, and this is day three of its spaces, so uh, it's recording this podcast, and I'm going to be doing some editing with it uh, a little bit after this, so uh, I'll be able to give you guys some info on that. And then I also have a ton of Lenovo stuff to <laughs> review. I got a bunch of ThinkPads, I got a bunch of uh, Yogas, uh, they just bombarded me with devices. And uh, we're hoping to get some Samsung stuff in soon because we know that they had some new devices released and they are making waves. But now, enough about Windows 10. Let's talk about the biggest news of them all, which is Windows, Windows 10X <laughs> being thrown in the trash can right alongside with Windows Phone and Zoom and everything else that failed at Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting to say that it failed because it was never, it was like still, <laughs> it was never really a thing. It's almost like we get considered sort of vaporware, but anyway, uh, news, uh, surface, um, middle of this week or middle of the previous week about, uh, windows 10 X finally being put on the shelves, uh, for now, uh, all the indications show that, uh, they are no longer working on it internally. Uh, I, externally, we, didn't see him working on it anyway, so now they're just matching what we all kind of knew. Uh, just as some more details, Microsoft is uh, Microsoft officially unveiled Windows 10X in the fall of 2019. Uh, we all kind of saw that event when they did the Duo and the Neo. Uh, but since then, uh, Windows 10X has become, I mean, by all reports, not because Microsoft's spoken about it, but it's, it was hailed as the Chrome OS competitor. It was a lightweight version of uh, Windows 10 that was supposed to come on devices. They pulled a lot of the... Uh, Windows 10 spaghetti out of the code, uh, wanted to be lightweight. Uh, the only problem was is that they've been testing Win32, and that seems to be the super blockade for any type of development where Microsoft wants to move beyond uh, just regular Windows code. And everyone keeps saying, like, why can't you be more modern like Apple? Or why can't you be more <laughs> modern like 
Chrome, and Win32 it seems to be the reason. Uh, they haven't been able to fully emulate it. They haven't been able to bake it into the chipset like Apple did with the M1. So until they can, um, they decided to say, we're not going to deal with this. And in addition to that, um, they, and this again, these are all Rumors. inside sources. Yeah, yeah, inside sources that Zach Bowden over at Windows Central has been talking about. This is also the same individual with that Windows Next is going to be out this year. So <laughs> take all of this news with a grain of salt. But uh, it seems like they're going to be putting their efforts towards um, Sun Valley. And yep. Panos Panay uh, has already hinted at more development for Sun Valley than anything about Windows 10X. He's been asked point blank about Windows 10X and just kind of dodged the issue. So he was never really comfortable about talking about it. Uh, we didn't see much more development beyond a few uh, uh, emulator ISOs that were released. So as far as we know, the Neo's not coming at him soon. Windows 10X isn't a thing as of right now. Uh, and we're hoping all of this is because they decided to focus on uh, Sun Valley and Windows 10, yeah. So. And uh, Zach isn't the only one that says uh, Windows 10X is on the no, shelf I'm, bl- right I'm, now. So, I'm solely blaming him. <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, Petri's uh, Brad Sams. He was the one who first broke the report, and then, as usual, everyone else picked it up after that. So he says that Microsoft is no longer actively working on Windows 10X, and they're shifting their focus to regular Windows 10, which is, like you said, is expected to get a big redesign overhaul codename Sun Valley later this year. So again... We have the insiders all agreeing on one consensus that 10x is dead for now, and we're not going to see it anytime soon. And just just a quick note on that. Again, we you know you and I have spoken this that aside from um, the code itself, Windows 10x didn't necessarily offer uh, a ton of differentiation yeah. between itself and Windows 10 or even Windows 10s. Um, I know that you know I like to give a shout out to Paul Thurot because he and I are on the same wavelength about this. <laughs> Um, Windows 10S is what Microsoft should be focusing on right now. Uh, We've spoken internally about this as a group, about the benefits, um, as small as they might be, of of fine-tuning Windows 10S uh, to be the replacement for uh, the Chrome OS efforts. It's already in the market. Um, You have a testing bed. You can start releasing features to this uh, and get your feedback uh, versus trying to dump a new OS and trying to reteach everybody and things like that with Windows 10X. Um, again, it's still in the market. You're still selling it. You still have a very fine-tuned niche ar- niche audience that you're already catering it to. It's already for schools and enterprise. So, um, you know, it's for all of us who are shedding a tear for the centralized taskbar, move that move that code, that design over to Windows 10S and keep plugging away at making that uh, a decent operating system for people uh, because, again, it's been three years so if you should, you should have it nailed so if 10x is on the shelf for now does that mean all the cool stuff that we saw in 10x like that awesome action center with the redesign uh sliders and the like you mentioned the center taskbar and the start menu which drops out the live tiles and makes it look a, a little bit like chrome os is all of that stuff dead now, or are we eventually going to see it ported over into regular Windows 10? Because, uh, again, um, in Zach's piece, he mentioned that Microsoft stopped testing it entirely in February. They had all the images, um, I think it's called self-host images. They had it all hosted, and they were all actively testing it on existing Surface devices. And then all of a sudden, they shut everything down. So does, does that mean all the stuff we saw in 10X that we that I went hand, hands-on with and others have talked about, is it all dead, or, or is it 
going to port itself over into regular Windows 10? Uh, I believe it's going to port itself over into regu- regular Windows 10. Like I said, until Microsoft can configure can figure out a way to communicate uh, Windows, you know, their Chrome OS competitor from Windows 10, it's best to just take all the cool ideas and put it into what people know. Yeah, you're going to have um, Enterprise yell at you, uh, but you know they'll they'll get on board eventually. They're already on Windows 10. Uh, the idea is maybe you just uh, do what they were always trying to do, which is uh, put a stopgap, put a dam on all those features for them. Uh, until they're ready for it, uh, and move move forward with this group. Again, I honestly think Windows 10 S is your test bed. Let that be the where you start putting that new taskbar and all those kind of things like that, and and see how the, the crowd reacts to it while still maintaining your enterprise uh, loyalty and customer base and the familiarity of Windows 10 with them. If they love it on Windows 10 S, bring it over. There's no reason to you know throw the baby out with the bathwater because we still can't figure out Win32 emulation, at least not right now. But uh, now that 10X is officially in the can for now, um, we talked a lot about Sun Valley, and it looks like Microsoft is finally bringing more of uh, Sun Valley into Windows 10. I know last week we talked about the jump list and the jump list in the taskbar and how the, that was actively hidden like behind code. Well, what do you know? Remember when Microsoft started rolling out new icons for... Um, this week they announced a new icon for Azure, and they also rolled out new icons for Microsoft 365 and other, like the weather app and the news app and other areas of Windows 10. Well, someone on Reddit discovered some new Sun Valley-themed icons in 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 the latest uh, Windows 10 Insider build. So here we have it again, um, more Sun Valley stuff in regular Windows 10. I believe the icons um, will have it on the screen. There are a couple of icons for like a floppy disk and uh, networking and also hibernation. A lot of people picked up on it because the new icons are based on fluent design and they finally are moving Windows 10 away from what's left over from Windows 95 and Windows XP and Windows Vista and even Windows 8. Yeah, I mean, I still question how much they're moving over. It was like you take a baby step to the left and say, hey, we did it. (laughs) The icons still look very uh, 90s s. They what they've done is enlarged them, brought up the contrast, uh, updated a few of the iconography to represent stuff from the mid 2000s that people <laughs> might have used. Uh, I think at this point, uh, you know, we're we're waiting to see the full uh, expression of Windows or Sun Valley. You know, this piecemeal thing is always going to wear on uh, users because we're not, you know, the same way with you know with Apple this big sir as in like oh here's a little bit here and then next year we'll give you a little bit there and two months down <laughs> they're going to be like oh this is the big update great versus here's everything have at it look at all the fun new things to go through and you can list you know 112 different things that you've done to change the update we're waiting for that moment for microsoft versus look we changed 12 new icons and a menu setting that you shouldn't be looking at <laughs> so are you not a fan of the new icons I'm not a fan that they exist in a setting that we shouldn't be looking at. Like, <laughs> I think uh, what they've done in the new settings menu, the combination of iconography and text works well for people. Uh, I know that for accessibility, icons are always preferred. Uh, and you know, for that, you know, I understand their existence. But uh, that setting, the device settings, I'm like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't even be messing with that. Like that should have been ported over to full settings. And they should use the iconography, the, you know, sort of metro s thing in the text to 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 do you know to fix that so that's what i'm you know waiting to see versus like again 
refreshing a menu from three decades ago. So Sun Valley is something that um, makes headlines anytime um, we talk about it. But you know, another story that made headlines is something involving Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates' COVID vaccines got everybody. <laughs> You're all suckers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates announced uh, their divorce uh, jointly via Twitter. Uh, or it was a message on Twitter. I went to the website and they didn't have anything for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation acknowledging this. Uh, but you can go to their uh, respective Twitter uh, feeds and they both have the same message, which reads, after a great deal of thought uh, and a lot of work on our relationship, we have made the decision to end our marriage. Over the last 27 years, we've raised three incredible children and built a foundation that works all over the world to enable all people to be uh, to lead healthy, productive lives. We continue to share the belief in that mission. We will continue to work together at the foundation, but we no longer, but we will, we, but we no longer believe we can uh, together grow as a couple uh, in this next phase of our lives. We ask for space and privacy for our families as we begin to navigate this new life. Um, that's all they said. Uh, they've, since then, there have been other details that have kind of rolled out about um, how the divorce is affecting the children. We're not going to get into that because we are not a uh, drama-filled podcast of that nature. All, <laughs> we, all we kind of emphasize on in our reporting is how it affects the foundation because that is a joint effort. Uh, it has, you know, billions of dollars poured into it and it is something that uh, is helping you know with vaccines it's helping with housing it's helping with uh toilets and the way we do waste management i mean it's got a big em emphasis so um i wrote you know earlier this week that neither uh, melinda or bill serve as an operator in any ceo capacity so the divorce isn't going to be a contentious battle for the foundation itself um they do have current ceo mark uh sussman uh who'll be looking over day-to-day -day operations. Uh, as far as we can tell, the, Melinda and Bill are just trustees, uh, obviously with heavy stakes in the corporation or the foundation, uh, alongside Warren Buffett and Caroline uh, Ansley. Uh, so um, it seems that as of right now, nothing's changing. Um, Bill Gates is a single guy, Melinda's a single woman, uh, and they will go the separate ways and continue to work on this operation together. It's just interesting, again, after 27 years, uh, and she seemed to have been the philanthropist uh, push in his life and the calming uh, effect on him throughout the years at Microsoft and towards the end of it, uh, that we see the end of this relationship. I mean, it happens to tons of people. They just happen to be billionaires that it's happening to. But, you know, anything that happens on the Internet now always ends up into a meme or, or is it may may or meme? I don't know. Yeah. However you meme, however you want to say it, that that's another debate for another that's day. That's what the good. That's the good thing that came of this. I mean, divorce is always horrible and tragic, and we we wish them the best going through this. But we get the memes. There's a lot of funny ones going around on the New York Post, as usual. Their tabloid, they had a whole uh, like a recap of a bunch of different memes about the Bill Gates thing. So one of them, um, Bill Gates logging into his marriage this morning, and it has the Windows 10 blue screen of death. And the screen says, your marriage ran into a problem that it couldn't handle, and now it needs to shut down. That is my favorite meme that came out of this whole thing. I saw that, and I laughed for hours. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know if we could find it or not, but there was one I saw this morning, actually, which was someone starting up their Windows uh, PC, and they had a... Uh, a dual monitor setup, and you know, Microsoft has historically had issues with dual monitors. So Windows, the Windows uh, start screen and everything was on one side, and it was just a black screen on the other. And it said, <laughs> "Melinda's already taken half." 
<laughs> that's, that's another good one. And then um, there's one of Homer Simpson walking down the steps and, and the person was like, so what am I hearing is Melinda Gates single now and they're running after Mel- Melinda. And yeah. then there's there's another one of a guy behind a tree and this guy was like, Bill Gates, divorce attorney right now. That is another one. And he's rubbing his hands together because he know he's going to get a lot of money. And yeah. then my personal favorite one, the two Spider-Mans shooting at each other. And then this guy was like, Bill Gates looking at Jeff Bezos after the divorce with Melinda Gates. There we go. go. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a quick laugh. Again, we, you know, divorce isn't really anything to laugh about, but they seem to be uh, obviously mature adults and uh, dealing with this in the way they, they know best. So we wish them the best in both adventures, and hopefully we'll hear more from Melinda uh, in, in what she does next. And now it's time for our fast recap segment, and I'll be putting, uh, I'll give us nine minutes today, nine minutes on the clock to get this done. So first things first, uh, we had a new font appear in uh, one of the latest Windows Insider builds. I believe this font is called Sago UI Variable, which is a new fresh take on the classic Sago font, which um, it should be rolling out across Windows 10 slowly like everything else in Windows 10. It's not it's not appearing everywhere all at once. And it's supposed to make things that are smaller, like smaller fonts, easier to read. And you're supposed to have like clearer outlines as well as dip- display sizes. That is according to the Windows Insider team. Yeah, that's a font that I've been actually turning in all my like, you, you know, all my Word docs and things I use in, uh, in PowerPoint or in, um, Excel, not Excel, but any time I use a font, that's the one I use because it's, it reminds me of the Metro font. So those of you who are familiar with Metro might like this one coming up. And now get us into the Sony and Discord news because I know you're always following uh, this acquisitions that Microsoft just lost to Sony. Yeah, it would on the face of it seem like that. Uh, you know, Microsoft had been the one of the finalists in the bid for Discord. Uh, in reality, what ended up happening is Discord believes that you know, through their evaluation that uh, integration is better than uh, acquisition, at least at this moment. Uh, they'll probably uh, continue to work independently, but they did ink a deal with uh, Sony uh, in order to integrate more of Discord's uh, functionality into the PlayStation Network. Um, we don't know exactly what that means. We do have a quote from them saying, together our teams are um, are already hard at work or hard at connecting Discord, which is social and gaming experiences on the PlayStation Network. Our goal is to bring Discord and the PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile strategies early next year and allow your friends, groups, and communities to hang out and have fun and communicate more easily while playing games together. And this is from uh, Jim, Ryan, Jim Ryan, the president and CEO of Sony. Um, again, it's relatively vague. Uh, I know within like the initial half hour, hour that this news is out, people are like, oh, Sony undercut Microsoft and this is why the deal went bad. Again, no. I think Sony <laughs> and Discord probably already had this in agreement. Uh, and, you know, had Microsoft purchased Discord, I don't see them uh, cutting this out because, again, having everyone cross platform communicating <clears throat> plays into Xbox and, and their Game Pass initiative. So, what they're going to probably do is the same thing that Microsoft, similar to what Microsoft is, uh, is tie in small things like uh, gamer profiles, uh, giving you uh, links and access to set up and connect through. Uh, PlayStation Network versus like you know Gmail or Facebook or anything like that to you know set up your own uh, accounts on there and hopefully going forward Discord starts giving more functionality to both platforms as far as 
setting up servers and letting people kind of game the way, game their way onto Discord. So uh, we're still waiting to see, hear about all the full details of this, but as of right now, it just seems like Sony's catching up to what Microsoft had in place last year, or the year, yeah, the year before last. And then another topic as we're rolling along here, I think we're making some good time. Um, Microsoft Edge Insider Beta Channel has launched on iOS. Um, it previously launched on Android uh, on, with the Canary and the Dev Channel last month. So now we're getting Edge Beta on iOS. This is a completely revamped version of Edge on iOS, but you only could get it through the, I think Apple has the test flight program, which only limits you to like 100,000 seats. So if you want to try this right now, uh, run, run, get it really quickly through test flight. We'll have the link in the, uh, in the comments and in the description. But yeah, Edge is finally getting updated on iPhones and iOS. Um, it's now up to version 91 on iOS, which is quite close to the desktop version that you're already using on Windows 10, which is part of Microsoft's plan that they announced at Ignite, where they're trying to merge the code base against, um, what, what is it, a desktop and mobile, so they could port more features over between the two and have, the, have them look more of the same. Um, there are of course, with this release, you can tweak um, just like you could on desktop and visit edge. Ed, what is it? Edge slash slash flags and yeah. get in there and tweak with things and try a new dark mode and change the way the menus look and all kinds of things. So Edge is making progress. Yeah, this is why I wanted to say that Microsoft should come up with Edge OS. They seem to be working at a very quick clip. Um, you know, put some ancillary stuff like the file explorer and uh, some you know regular settings around this browser, and you have your competitor. I mean, they sync across your settings. Uh, they bring over all your favorites, your history, your reading list, all that stuff. It's very similar to Chrome. Uh, maybe, hopefully, maybe that's they're getting rid of in lieu of Windows 10X being put to sleep. With that being said, uh, we're moving on to uh, Microsoft's biggest drop of games. Oh yeah. For Xbox, uh, so we have over 70 new Xbox One games now support FPS boost on Xbox Series X and S, S consoles. Uh, this again, you know, they were piecemealing three to five to ten games here and there. They just dropped 70. Um, and what this does, I think they heard mentioned this uh, two days ago, no, earlier this week. Today we're releasing our largest drop of games featuring FPS boost today, bringing the total titles boosted, boosted from SPS, obviously, to 97. Many of which are included in the Xbox Game Pass that EA Play included with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription. So, if you have Ultimate subscription, you have access to EA Play, and you get access to some of the games that were listed are Alien: Isolation, Dishonored, Death of the Outsider, Halo, Halo Wars 2, Mad Max, Shadow, Mad Max, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Tom Clancy's The Division, and Wasteland 3. Uh, just some of the you know mix of newer and older titles that kind of dropped. So. Uh, if you got your Game Pass, run out and try 70 new games with uh, updated uh, frames per second. And speaking of Game Pass, I know every time Microsoft has some sort of event, there's always a Nintendo Switch on the shelf, and people are always looking to see if, if Microsoft is trying to bring Game Pass to other consoles. But there's a chance that that might end up happening? Uh, according to Nintendo, there's no chance. But... <laughs> What we found out through this uh, amazing Epic versus Epic Games versus uh, Apple is through the discovery, we're finding out tons of gamer information, some insider communication between Sony and Epic or Microsoft and Epic or Apple and everybody. 
and one of the communications we found out was between Eric, uh, was it Eric? Oh no, T uh, Tim Sweeney from uh, Epic Games talking to uh, Bill Spencer, lead of Xbox, and part of the communication was that um, they wanted um, to basically uh, work in tandem with releasing xCloud and Fortnite. Uh, on the Game Pass, basically, they wanted to say, "Hey, you know, we're we're lowering the Xbox Live uh, requirement in lieu of getting everyone to play Fortnite." They couldn't do it in time. Um, you know, we find out later that Microsoft eventually did, you know, drop the Xbox Live thing. Part of the other communication in that it was a very small line, but they were talking about how they have quote unquote Bill Spencer saying quote unquote they, Microsoft hasn't given up on bringing Xbox Game Pass onto other platforms. So the idea is that, you know, if you have a Nintendo, you have if you on PlayStation, Xbox Game Pass will still work with that. You get your games uh, through the Game Pass and obviously they'll map the buttons to the respective consoles. But all you would need is this one subscription like Netflix to play across all, you know, your in, in, in the form of an analogy, your Google Chromecast, your Apple TV, um, Roku. All of them use the Netflix app. It's you know multi multi platform, multi purpose. That's the idea, and that's what Microsoft is still pushing for. So uh, we don't know what other kind of communications are going on uh, between Nintendo and Microsoft at this moment. We know that again, Nintendo said no to it, but who knows? Maybe in the future uh, they say yes. Well, some guy was playing XCloud on his uh, smartwatch the other day. I, I wrote a piece about it. So you never know. Um, uh, Game Pass could end up on your toaster next thing you know it. Exactly. You could be standing <laughs> at the fridge playing a game or watching the <laughs> playing a game. Who knows? I mean, Samsung likes to put screens and everything. So uh, maybe the bigger it gets, the bigger the inevitability becomes that they include it on there. Again, it's not a huge money maker for the respective uh, consoles, but for developers, it's going to be kind of a uh, you know a win-win situation to make this uh, subscription-based steady revenue. So hopefully, again, get our fingers crossed. Well, that said, I think we made it in time um, to get through our fast recap, which means it's now time for our other special segment, which is Week Ahead. Yes. Uh, I'll let you get started. Yeah, and I have I did not get it yet in my home because the FedEx is being FedEx, and I did not wasn't able to take photos to show you guys yet. But I'll have the product page up on the description. But this is one of Dell's newest uh, gaming monitors, the S three four two two DWG. Um, we oh, that, were that easy name to remember. <laughs> well, officially they call it Dell Curve thirty four gaming monitor, and it is a gaming monitor that has support for AMD FreeSync and it, it looks it looks a lot similar to the one that I previously reviewed, but instead of being uh, uh, like in the business silver color, it's more for gamers to line up with Alienware and it's in the black color and there's a light bar on the bottom and it, it's super fancy. I'm looking forward to reviewing that, but enough about my stupid monitor. Let's get on with your Surface Laptop 4. Well, I mean, it, it um in respect to what you're getting, the server's laptop is old, so this you're getting a new monitor. That's, at least... <laughs> uh, that's true, that's true. Yeah, I got in the Surface laptop uh, about three days ago, wrote my initial impressions on it. Uh, the two main things that I'm pulling away from so far, again, I'm recording this podcast on it, I'm going to do some editing on it, I'm going to run some bench tests and compare it to some other uh, seemingly more powerful or more feature-oriented devices. Uh, but what I pulled from it is that this is I believe the baseline, I think Microsoft achieved what they wanted to in making the baseline laptop. This is, you know, kind of your 
to pull the phrase an overused one this is your macbook air line for pcs um, so you know i have a, a x1 titanium um, that also has a three byte or a 16 by 10 aspect ratio uh, has a little bit more power and so i'll let that be the upper end but at least every laptop i'm going to measure is against this one because it's got amazing battery life and the performance so far has been stellar like it's been a super quiet machine uh, doesn't get super hot uh, everything I've thrown at it so far, and this again, this is mul downloading multiple things at once over my rickety internet, uh, <laughs> and it's all been working. Uh, running, um, you know, some AutoCAD, running some uh, Photoshop, doing some slight video editing, doing some um, sound editing as well, um, doing obviously Photoshop things like that. It's been a breeze, and the battery life has been pretty amazing i've gotten a solid this again this is using my computer from um opening the lid to the battery drains all the way out a solid 10 hours and i know that they said that you can get more than that but this is again not taking my fingers off of the mouse or the keypad they amd amd or intel model everything intel okay. so and and everything that i've read so far is that the intel actually outperforms the amd amd uh manages to get better battery life by throttling throttling a lot um so uh, if you if you don't have you know an extensive workload maybe the amd is for you um and again if you don't mind it throttling uh to get that extended battery life but uh in everything else as far as graphic performance as far as uh timing on uh, exporting videos things like that intel's been edging amd out and coming close uh, you know, obviously M1 is still an amazing chip, but it's coming pretty close to uh, the M1. So uh, expect to hear about the Surface Laptop for in practically every review I have of every other device, because again, I've said that this is your baseline one. So again, there are other laptops that I'm going to review that have way more features that are, you know, like Samsung's um, new Galaxy Book is amazing. It's super sleek. It's built to be super light. It has a bunch of custom Samsung software to make it feel like a Samsung phone, that is, you know, that is your niche one. This is your like, okay, I just need a new laptop and I don't want bloatware on it. Microsoft is where you go. And you have the Alcantara version and not I the metal do. version? I got the ice blue Alcantara one. So uh, you'll also be hearing about my upkeep. I tend to not eat around my laptop. So we'll see if that helps extend the life of this fabric keyboard. So. But it's I forget how nice the fabric keyboard. You know, you hear people complaining about it. You're like, all right, first thing I'm gonna get is the metal one because I don't want to deal with it. As soon as you touch this, you remember like how nice it is. Plus, because it's fabric, the sound comes through. I believe better than the metal one. I have, you know, I have your old 15-inch one, and I love using that one to death. But I believe the sound on this one is a little more vibrant. A little, the bass feels a little. You can hear the bass a little better. How does it how does it compare to your 15 inch or Surface Laptop 3 with uh, last year's Intel chips inside? Do you see any real like uh, battery life difference or performance yeah. difference? Because that's what people are going to be looking for. Because it looks the same on the top, but does it feel any different on the inside and the performance and battery life that you're getting? Yeah, the feel of it is you know it's not any snappier, so to speak. Uh, I can move some of the windows around on the screen a little quicker because of the GPUs and stuff like that. But the battery life is definitely much more improved. I, I believe that actually the Surface 2 got better battery life than the Surface 3. So it's one of those uh, years where the battery life kind of took a dip all across the board for Intel and AMD. AMD took a bigger hit than Intel did. Uh, and this year they seem to have fixed that. So 
um, again, they refined it. They didn't do any drastic things. They didn't slim the bezels. They didn't make it lighter. They didn't add more ports. But you know, this is probably the best version of the of the laptop that they've ever made. Well, and that said, that is a nice way to end the show. That was everything that we had planned to cover. Unless you have anything else you want to add? Yes. You are Traditionalatros. I am Mindhead One on Twitter. Uh, you are Payback Jern. Yeah, and uh, obviously you can find us on Twitter. That's where I kind of do everything. Uh, I am on Instagram, but I don't do anything there. So follow me <laughs> there. Uh, you can also follow on Microsoft uh, on Twitter as well. Again, this is where you get uh, a torrential hydrant of news uh, from again giveaways, reviews. Uh, opinion pieces, uh, just news in general, uh, earnings, things like that. Uh, if you don't visit our website, which is, again, www.microsoft.com, uh, you can always just go to Twitter to get those, get that news and get those hot takes from us. All right, and that said, uh, thanks for watching, everyone. Hope to see you again soon. Same place, same time. Yeah, uh, again, keep getting vaccinated so we can all go hang out and uh, maybe meet in person at the next service event. All right, take care, everyone.